0: I said, you motherfuckers are crazy. I said, I got to talk. I gotta tell what I feel. I gotta talk about my life as I see it.
1: And now for our feature presentation. You
0: can find me in St. Louis. Where the rain all day. Some got jobs and some sell yay. Others just smoke and fuck all day. Entertaining, chillin' off with Brian Cox. I see you later, maybe now cause I got something hot in the navigator, waiting on the parking lot. A bad boy on a ride, the ride, rougher than the locks. I keep them both cocked, In the answer, bring I tell my boys have you seen her? have you seen uh, her? nine millimeter, making niggas believe us? How about the two seater and the vote white wife beater, Levi's, just from the cleaners. If it starts with the cuff, like fuck it, leave it to beaver. Catch me in the gallery, plaza, just to Be a bop, but I kept it proper, but a non stop, but around the clock, and I was cool.
1: Welcome back to another episode of Life As I See It, the podcast. I'm your host, Jerz, a.k.a. Life As I See It. Episode 159. I believe we call it this 159. Um, So episode 159, Gert in the building currently right now. Might be joined by uh, some of the other squad, but of course, shout out to uh, Rico Key, Bad Lungs, and C. Uh, make sure everybody listen uh, if it's your first time or if it's you've been listening and you just haven't followed any directions. <laughs> let this be the day that you uh, switch it up and subscribe to the pod, Apple, Spotify, wherever you listen to uh, your podcast, as well as check out our visual content on YouTube. Hit that like, hit that subscribe button there. Um, check out our con- uh, visual content on Patreon at patreon.com backslash life as I see a podcast. And uh, last but not least, of course, whenever you're looking for your smell goods, your candles for the crib, for the whip, or wherever, your office, um, or if you just want to give somebody, you know, holiday season is right around the corner. Make sure you get all of those products at Lux Collection LLC.com. So uh, this week, first and foremost, I'm going to start with the fact that, um, uh, you know, fresh back in town from out of town. Um, actually rocking with the homie, Gert, we was out in, um, South St. Louis working, um, my first time to the show me state, um, seemed like (laughs) Gert decided to just show me everything. (laughs) Showed me the whole, the whole, you know what I mean? The whole gambit, if you will. Um, definitely was a good time. I mean, it's only a weekend trip, so, you know, it's only so much you can see, but, uh, it definitely, was a good time definitely a good vibe uh shout out to the Lou because i definitely fuck with st louis um i could see myself going back you know what i'm saying it's 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 definitely dope um and shout out to the reason why we were out there because um you know y'all are gonna see uh we got we got a special guest episode coming uh with comedian marcus banks um, for those who may not be familiar, you'll we'll get into that. You know, one shot here and, and see the actual episode. Um, but he 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 had a show with Ha Ha Davis. He's on tour, um and also a gentleman by the name of Blackberry, um, which is Ha Ha Davis's brother. Dope show, funny show. uh They are on tour, as I already mentioned. So you know, if y'all are interested, definitely make sure you get your tickets um, if they're in the city near you definitely a nice night out you know take your lady or, or whoever and, and you know have a good night of, of laughter so shout out to all of them shout out to st louis shout out to marcus banks like i said and um yeah that's that on that now as far as yeah, real, at, quick,
2: real yeah. quick you gotta uh in the love and spirit of st louis let everybody know how you felt about st louis's emo pizza
1: <laughs> Well, you know, a lot of times they tell you, you know, start with love, right, right, okay. <laughs> so, so I, I I loved my time in St. Louis. Is you know, I uh, saw the arc. It was nice. It's, it was it was great. It was awesome, right? Um, and talking arch, to you know, not, not arc the arch, the arch, pardon, yeah, the arch. Um, and you know, I I just in speaking to St. Louis natives um they got to speaking about one of their famous pizza places now you know being from up top we do pizza be it new york be it new jersey um and some people would argue chicago i personally have never been so i can't speak for it but i just know being from where i'm from you know it's a lot of italians and we do pizza so i love pizza i can eat pizza any day of the week and so Speaking to one of the local natives of, of St. Louis, they was telling me, you know, I mentioned something about pizza. At, we were at a sports bar, and uh, we were watching the game. And I asked the waitress if they had sold pizza. She said, no, they don't, but it's a place, you know, not too far where you can go. And I was like, okay, maybe I'll check that out. And one of the locals co-signed. And, you know, he's telling me how, how good it is, this, that, and the third. He tried to clown. You know New York pizza, and, and and talk about how it was extra greasy, and it don't really, you know, it it, it, it stuff cheese be sliding off, and and all these things. Nah, you know that was mean? a really good. That was, a, was really a good, good joke. Question. Nah, it was a it was a good joke. So just
2: you know, giving the listeners a little bit of uh description about what he said, and shout out to uh my bad money L, uh LK Midway, but he held up a napkin. <laughs> napkin folded over. and he said niggas just want to eat pizza that look like this
1: <laughs> now it was funny though it was definitely funny because everybody knows what a pizza looks like when you hold it up and you know it's folding over you know what i'm saying so that was funny also he talked about how greasy it was and how you got to pat it with a napkin to get the grease off i personally have absolutely done that in life and more than twice so you know what i'm saying like I get it. It was funny. So I'm like, okay, I'm out here. And I said, look, I'm, I'm open to try it. I'm here. If this is what y'all saying is part of what y'all do, cool. I'm a I'm a tough critic. I let them know off the rip. I'm a tough critic because I could eat pizza every day of the week and I come from where the pizza is right. Nah, nah, nah. Go to this spot. Go to this spot. Go to this spot. Okay, cool. So from my understanding, it's a chain called EMOS. I-M-O-S uh and apparently you know I, I mean you know a chain they have they have places all over so we didn't go to the place that was right near the the sports bar where we were but uh we went to a spot closer to where where gert lives at okay cool we go to the spot you know uh they don't sell slices so you got to get a whole a whole pie so i got the smallest little personal pan joint and cool get to the crib open up the box I'm ready to dig in and I took a bite. Listen, St. Louis, Lou-ay. <laughs> Lou-ay. <laughs> nah, Louis. Louis. Even yeah.
2: you call him Louis.
1: Yeah, I got to I got to address you as Louis on this one. Listen, Louis. Y'all don't know about pizza. That piece, it was terrible. Arguably the worst piece I've ever, it's probably the worst piece I've ever had in my life. I'm going to be honest. It's probably the worst piece I've ever had in my life. So much so to where it's a thin crust, like I said, personal pan joint. And you know, it's all, uh, they, they cut it up for you. So I take a little slice out. I just bite into it. And I'm like, yo, what the, like, what is this? Like, yo. It girl to tell you, I didn't even, I took one bite, literally. I didn't even go back. Mind you, spent my money. So I actually was mad. I actually was mad. I actually was like, damn, yo, like, I really literally wasted my money. It's not like I ate half of it and then was like, "Ah, it wasn't all of that, but I, I fight through it. Nah, I didn't want to ever allow my taste buds to experience that anymore. So St. Louis, your city's dope. People are cool. Um, you know, you got some, some nice little attractions, but, uh, as far as pizza is concerned, it's a no for me, dog. (laughs) It's a no for me, dog.
2: Yeah. The funny shit, right? If you ask somebody, if you tell somebody from St. Louis that, you know what they'll tell you? What? You you just didn't go to the right one. You got to go to the one over there. (laughs) Yeah. Telling the same thing. (laughs) It's a chain. The same ingredients. Nobody never says yo. You went to the wrong Domino's. You gotta right. go Domino's over here. <laughs> you gotta go to the
1: Domino's uptown, not downtown.
2: It's either you like Domino's pizza or you don't. Correct. They talk about the location, yo. Now nah, you gotta go to the one, the it's
1: first just... one that ever made it. They <laughs> got to it. It's like yo, duh. pizza's just trash. I'm sorry. Right. It's not good. It's not good at all, though. And I really wasn't even trying to like go crazy, but like truth is truth. This is my truth, ladies and gentlemen. But it was terrible. What, what was wrong with it? It it everything. It tastes like it tastes like. <laughs> it tastes like I don't know what that was, yo. The sauce wasn't right. The, it was like cardboard. It, it was like crackers and cardboard with like old tomato sauce that wasn't saucy and the cheese was overdone. So the cheese didn't even blend into the what's supposed to be the breaded dough because it's remember, it's like cardboard cookie crackers and old sauce with like dry cheese. <laughs> what did it look like? It looked like I don't know. Looks can be deceiving. So it, it looked like it didn't look the greatest. I'll say that too. It didn't look the greatest, but I didn't judge it off of that. I'm like, ah, I I've, I've had some pizza that didn't look all of that, like you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> I, I'm not gonna judge it off of that. Um, you know, sometimes the Sicilian pizza they used to give us in school didn't look all that. Sometimes it looked too burnt. When you bit in that joint, you was like, yeah, that's it. <coughs> it didn't even give me. It didn't even give me high school cafeteria lunch, Bob's. This yeah, is high
2: bad. School cafeteria pizza Fridays is better than that.
1: Way better. <laughs> way better like way better yo it wasn't good y'all. I'm sorry and we're gonna clip this up because I don't want to run from it like I want y'all to understand like <laughs> the city I like your city you know what I'm saying I'll be back I'll be back you know what I'm saying shout out to y'all but this piece of art nah it's not what y'all do it's not what y'all do so I'm not telling you to shut emos down I'm just telling you to shut emos down <laughs> nah, I'm joking. Y'all, y'all just don't do pizza, though. Y'all just don't do pizza. So I don't really want to hear y'all talk to me about pizza no more. I'm not listening. That's it. That's my, my thorough review. <laughs> um, Now, getting to the week's events or the weekend's events, current events, however you want to frame it. Um, We spoke on this podcast a few weeks ago about every uh, Spears as it related to his comments towards Lizzo and his comments toward Lizzo just were disparaging in terms of how she looked this that and the third uh, one of the things that or one of the points that I had brought up in that in that uh, context or in that pod was well when we speak about you know a person's weight forget it take it off of Lizzo when you just speak about a person's weight and you speak about obesity in general we all agree that that's not a healthy thing right and it's just interesting that you know kanye west has been in the news um once again for the last week or so um mainly because in paris they had a fashion show they had fashion week and he had a white lives matter t-shirt on along with candace owens so that had everybody talking about how yay i normally part- rock oh, listen.
2: get into any fashion anything he anything. invited her
1: no he invited her
2: oh he brought her with him
1: he invited her, yeah. He invited her. Um, but you know, I regardless of whatever, right? People have most, a lot of people have taken a position. Hey, I rock with yay, but I'm not rocking with this. White lives matter is not the right thing. This and the third, whatever, right? And we could talk about that, but what I want to speak about is the conversation that he had with Tucker Carlson. For those who don't know, Tucker Carlson is um, he's a political analyst, if you will, on Fox News. He has his own show, and he sat down with him and did an interview. In that interview, he spoke Lizzo's name as it related to weight, her being the poster child for um it being okay to uh, allow people to be overweight and not really speak about it in that context, try to be sensitive to that, but not so sensitive to other things. And it's just interesting because, for one, we said it first, so shout out to us. Y'all can go check that pod out. Um, It was about four or five pods ago. But the real question is, why are we so infatuated with this conversation, right? You said you had some comments as it pertained to this. What's the infatuation with this topic? Is it Lizzo in particular? Is it like, what what do you think it is? Because I'm confused. So
2: I didn't see the interview all the way. I didn't see any of the interview. I'm not going to say all the way. But the uh, the sentiment I'm getting is that they're saying people, like from what I heard, Kanye alluded to they want her to be fat and unhealthy. It, it was, that was his sentiment. And when people use the, I'm just tired of hearing people saying they, like it's a boogeyman out there. Like who who, who do, who's they? Like, I I've said this on here before and I'm saying it again like I, I don't want to hear anything that they did the government did like if like all of these are entities like say who you talking about and if you can't say who you're talking about I don't want to talk about it really you know like we we gotta stop talking about they the government
1: the yeah, yeah, Young Guru was on uh, Math Office pa- podcast, out the math, and he was saying, say their names, you know, because he's speaking to your point of saying, when you say they, he said exactly what you're saying. You're making it seem like it's a boogeyman. No, these are people. Now, in, his, in the context of what he was speaking about, he was talking about uh, rappers or artists, and when they talk about the label, right, he said, oh, the label did, the label said, no, it's not the whole label. People work at the label. So who are the people that did X, Y, Z? Who are the people that said this to you or did this to you? Like, it's not the whole building. It's not the entire organization. There's a, a person, there's a man, there's a woman, you know, so say their names. So, right. yeah. That's,
2: that's crazy. But that's like, I've been saying that for quite some time is once we, because once you remove that, now you have a target and you can figure out how to deal with this target individually. But if you just keep saying, yo, they, yo, the Jews, well, the Jews is a different story because they are a they. Now, I'm joking. But uh, real shit, like, you got to start saying what forces you're talking about.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Honestly, I don't even think it's that... um... Uh, captivating. It's not captivating enough for me to even kind of delve into because like I said, we already went and spoke in depth about the topic. Um, I just know that at least on the White Lives Matter t-shirt and we can get off of it. We don't got to spend too much time on it. Yeah. But how do you feel about that in general? Do you yeah, feel anything? I think like-
2: he's marketing and he, he he's Promoting shit like, uh, you know, some people use the term rollout, but it's marketing, it's advertising. He knows if he could get you talking about him, then it, it builds interest and, and that interest turns into revenue for him. So I just try to stay away from it. Along with no longer saying they and
1: all of that. We got no longer saying yay either. (laughs) No more yay, no more (laughs) day. Well,
2: when you don't approve of something, if you don't like it, don't talk about it. And that's what makes it go away. Like, instead of running, telling everybody, yo, Kanye West had on a White Lives Matter t-shirt, just don't say nothing about it. And that's how you get it to go away. You don't have to try and cancel him. Just don't entertain in it. The people who like it, let them go like it. The people who don't, don't mention it.
1: Well, the thing is people like attention, man. And we are in that era where attention is the new drug. So people, I think a lot of times, unfortunately, there's enough people that are consciously doing it. But I think more people are subconsciously in this rat race and cycle of living for others.
2: 85%
1: dumb, deaf and blind, beloved. There it is there it is. You know what I'm saying? So out of that, it's the rat race, it's the cycle, it's the attention seeking, it's all of the things that go into the majority, which essentially have you operating as a robot as a follower as whatever you want to say, other than the individual a sheep sheeple, and you know, people have all type, all types of words, phrases, whatever. But at the end of the day, Like you said, you don't have to give power to these things because that's what helps perpetuate it and helps these narratives continue to live on. Um, And if you don't want to watch a movie, we we mentioned that on the Jeffrey Dahmer thing. Just don't click it. And you you, you don't like it. Great. Cool. So don't watch it and don't talk about it. And don't tell other people how much you didn't like it and how much you don't want to watch it. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're wasting time, y'all. We're not even in control of time. And I don't want to get too deep there, but like nobody even knows what's going on as far as time is concerned. So you shouldn't waste it with things that you don't like or want that just don't make sense. So I'm with you on that. Now, something I do want to talk about though, uh, because you you mentioned about the yay thing from a marketing perspective and just wanting to get as many eyes as possible to, to view you, uh, to pay attention to you. On the flip side of that, We have a situation with the Golden State Warriors in practice. You have Draymond Green, four-time NBA champion, Golden State Warriors, heartbeat of the team. We know that he's been in some drama as it pertains to um, just drama. You know know what I'm saying? If you know, you know. Uh, But you also have a young boy in Jordan Poole, um, also an NBA champion, Uh, Of course, the Warriors just won the chip a few months ago. So they are still currently the defending world champions. And you had a situation where you see footage of a practice, you see a situation where Draymond Green is on one side of the court, and then it looks like some words may be exchanged, but you can't really make out what anybody's saying by their body language. You see Draymond walk over to Jordan Poole, get in his face. Jordan Poole pushes Draymond. Draymond tees off on him, sneaks him. Boom. Sneaks him. He falls into the wall, but he kind of holds you him up.
2: Somebody, when you're standing in front of him,
1: he wasn't ready. After they pushed you.
2: <laughs> he How wasn't you ready.
1: Somebody, after they pushed you. Listen, I don't come up with the words, man. They just mean what they mean.
2: <laughs> I don't think he snuck him. I don't think that's an accurate depiction of what happened. He stole him. The thing, that's the uh, more visible option.
1: <laughs> he stole them. Yes, I would say that. So listen, everybody Everybody saw the footage. And the problem is that everybody saw the footage. The narrative that's being created by many people in media, um, and even people that I've spoken to in person, is Draymond Green is totally wrong. He shouldn't have done that. Um, and they've taken the position of Draymond looking like the bully, the veteran over this young guy who's smaller than him and who's a lot younger. I don't take that same position. I take the position of first and foremost, why do we know about this via the footage? Now we've heard many, many stories in the NBA about people fighting, um, you know, in practice, whatever the case may be, one of the highest profile athletes, and Michael Jordan has been one of the more famous stories of him punching Steve Kerr in the face and other people and all of these different things. Me being someone who plays sports my whole life, multiple sports. In every sport, there have been fights in practice that I've been a part of personally. So these things happen. They don't just stop happening on a professional level. My problem with this situation is why do we see the footage? The footage was leaked by someone who's looked probably sitting in the stands or water boy, who knows? I don't know. But why do you think the footage was leaked? So that's the first question I got for you.
2: Why do I think the footage was leaked? That's a pretty good question. Um, because somebody, it, it, to me, I would say somebody, it, it would have had to have been somebody on the team, uh, somebody who wanted to paint Draymond a certain way. I think the footage gets released to try and paint Draymond a certain way. Cause I don't think anybody who's in a Golden State Warriors practice needs money from TMZ, right? So I don't think it's a financial motive because anybody who's up enough to make it to that practice i don't think that they're doing shit for money
1: yeah let's have a little fun with it and just guess about who leaked it like what like you think it was like an intern somebody's girlfriend or boyfriend in the state well balls not boyfriend but like who do you think was the person that actually leaked it because to your point a lot of these individuals they don't need the money like the finances at least if you're on the team that they don't need the money to go sell it to TMZ and, and make, you know, a couple thousand dollars off the video or whatever, whatever. So who do you think leaked it? I think it had to be someone told by
2: Jordan. I think it had to be somebody told by Jordan Poole, maybe. Or maybe a, a assistant coach that's trying to get rid of Draymond or, you know, somebody who's in the organization that, don't like uh I just said somebody told by Jordan Poole, but I don't think so. I didn't mean to say that. I'm saying somebody who, you know, I would say probably like an assistant coach, if I had to guess. The assistant coach that he be spazzing on all the time, that uh you know, he trying to get a couple stripes up, or I know they ain't gonna get rid of him, but if I could get a public opinion on my side then maybe you know the team will let them go then somebody trying to get Draymond fired something like that
1: somebody trying to get him fired may be true I see them being only successful in having some momentum built behind the narrative of Draymond being a bad guy there's some momentum now behind that narrative whether it's right or wrong um I think them I think people seeing footage of someone acting in a violent manner it triggers them to believe and sum you up to that particular event and if you have other things in your history that are close to those types of things like you know he's gotten into it with several players throughout the course of his career um he's looked at as an antagonist on the court so to speak he gets in your head um but that's a strategy you know pat beverly does the same thing in a different way but it's a strategy right um i think it just supports that narrative of Draymond's a bad guy. Um, And I think that is the unfortunate part because again, as a former athlete, we know that these things happen and they're very common. Not only do we know that on our level, whether it was high school, little league, or college or whatever, but we also know that, that it happens in the pros. Football, basketball, baseball. It happens all of the time. And it happens in games. Football players fight on the field all the time. Basketball players get into it a little less than football players. And baseball players have a whole thing where they clear the benches. You know what I'm saying? Clear the dugout. It's a whole full-blown brawl, right? So these types of things are not uncommon.
2: But there's a difference between in the game and in practice, too.
1: Very very much so.
2: And I want to illustrate that. If Draymond would have did that in a game, there's a problem with that. There's cameras on him. There's children at these games. There's a whole bunch of reasons why um, there should be a zero tolerance for this at a game. But in practice, is a different story.
1: Practice is a betrayal of trust because this is the in house stuff. This is the behind closed door stuff. I gave the example of there's a difference between you getting in a fight with your brother, or your sibling, or your friend behind closed doors in the house and then getting into a fight with said person out in public. Yeah, out at a game or you're out somewhere at the mall or something. And then y'all just start arguing and, and, and tee off on somebody and y'all start Like there's a whole different situations so the stakes are higher the more there is more responsibility for you as a professional to have self-control during a game
2: but here's the thing which which people may not understand just to give context to what i'm saying practice is the place where you try to figure things out to present in the game so there's going to be you know lack of understanding there's a whole bunch of information emotion there's a bunch of different things that happen in practice you may be tasked with doing something outside of your normal role that's uncomfortable for you it may you know make you insecure there's a bunch of things that you have to figure out in practice so this is why there's more leeway for emotions in practice is because You have to have all of this figured out by the game time. So we're not trying things. If we're not, you know, challenging ourselves to be better, um, we're not going to put out a good product when we go to play, you know? So just kind of take that into consideration of this is where you're supposed to be able to get your mess ups out. And if we don't have privacy in that, it's like uh, for a comedian working out jokes. Right, they may get booze in a comedy club, working out know, material, but that don't mean they're gonna get booed when they bring that material to their special.
1: Cause you gotta work the king cell, and 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 kings that's what practice. That's what practice is for. Practice is for working king cell. Practice is not just for working king cell as it pertains to running a specific play and making sure you execute that play. There's there's chemistry. You know what I'm saying? There's um, a lot of different things that go into what it is that you're practicing. Because again, these are all behind closed doors situations. Again, I was, I'm was i a musician, right? So when it came to like rehearsals or, or different things like that, if we're in a band or whatever the case may be, you know how many times we went over a piece, we recorded, uh, not recorded, but rehearsed a song, and you know how many times our instructors stopped us? No, go back, do it again. Hey, the horn's over here, make sure you do Like, we're not gonna do that when it's time for the performance in the show, because people came to see one, whole smooth thing. And it's going to be done. Cause we've done it. We've drilled it. We've drilled it, but you know how many times an instructor yells at one of the students and, and and gets in their ass about something. Hey, you're not doing this. Or a vocal coach gets on Hey, you're flat. You're off. You're sharp. You're like, you get all of these things out. You may, you may see this person as an animal if they're in their element in practice because they might be cursing. They might be doing all kinds of sorts of things that you may deem to be unprofessional but here is the place that we have created to be our safe haven and and we work all of these kinks out now you exposing it you got the you got the footage floating around now two people are embarrassed because Jordan Poole is obviously embarrassed cuz he got boobop so you dealing with that and then Draymond he doesn't want that to be out he doesn't want that to be the image of you know, that just represents who he is because people are, st- are stupid and fickle like that. They'll see one thing and say, oh, that's who he is. It's like, come on, man. If you all just going to totally eliminate context, then we shouldn't be having any conversations whatsoever because context is important. So I think that the person who leaked it, they definitely had ulterior motives. They pretty much accomplished that goal because they got paid for leaking the footage. Um, I'm not sure if it was revealed who the source is, but if it's still under wraps, then they get to still be anonymous. And you know what I mean? It's just a nasty situation. So
2: we'll see when somebody mysteriously gets fired from there. Yeah.
1: Nobody likes a snitch. Yeah, that's true. That is very, very true. So I thought that, that was uh <laughs> that was pretty interesting. Now, something else I want to talk about. I don't know if you saw it, but I actually watched the hip hop awards, the BET hip hop awards. Uh Fat Joe hosted them uh and they were they were pretty good they were pretty good he had an
2: opening monologue where he was talking about people and no.
1: uh he had an opening monologue but it wasn't you know the traditional way it was in his own fat Joe way um and no he wasn't talking about people but uh he did say one line that was funny he was like he's like rappers he said, I see you out there, man. You're looking good. You got your chains on, man. Y'all getting money. Y'all getting money. He said, and I know you're getting money, but guess who else knows? He said, the IRS knows you're getting money too. <laughs> so like he had his, his, his little jokes or whatever, Fat Joe uh, style, if you will. And uh, I thought it was done well. I thought it was put together well. He said he was also an executive producer on the show. Um, I thought that the ciphers, especially early on, uh, the ciphers were pretty good, and I enjoyed overall the show. they, they had his moments where I was like, "Huh." Eh.
2: Any notable balls from the cipher? Nah. I don't nah. ball itself. I'm saying somebody whose verse stood out.
1: To yeah. be honest, the reason why I'm saying no is because a lot of people I wasn't familiar with, which is good because. They had a lot of newer people, a lot of, you know what I'm saying, newer up and coming artists. And I think that that was dope, even from, you know, how on the BET Awards, right, where they'll have the I don't know what they call it, like like rising artists or something. So right before commercial break, you'll have somebody performing, um, you know, and it'll be a new artist. But then they'll maybe give you, I don't know, 30 seconds of it before they go to commercial. You know what I'm talking about? So the way that they were doing that with the the way that they were doing that with the, um, at the hip hop awards, they had a guy that was freestyle. They had a guy, or maybe not freestyle, but he was rapping and he kind of just was rapping about almost like recapping up until that point, what had gone on as well as what was coming up next after the commercial break. And, you know, they went into commercial breaks like that. I thought that that was an interesting little twist, um, but yeah, I, I don't remember any of the actual artists because, like I said, I wasn't familiar with them. It was a couple people from Cali that uh that were dope. They had some balls um and I just thought overall it was put together pretty well. One thing I will say is I think that the fight definitely was fixed. This is my per my opinion. I feel like the fight definitely was fixed on the category of. Best podcast of the year. I believe that's what the category is. Best podcast of the year or best podcast, something like that. Uh, I know a million dollars worth of game was nominated. Drake Champs was nominated. Uh, Joe button podcast was not nominated. Um, And who ended up winning was there was a two way tie between Drink Champs, which okay, we could do Drink Champs, and Carisha Please, which is a podcast that was just created, maybe less than six months ago. Um, it's Young Miami's podcast on Revolt. Now, sh- the very first episode she had Diddy on there, and it was then revealed officially that you know they they mess around or whatever the case may be. And so it made me think that Diddy orchestrated this whole thing simply because he owns Revolt. He's sleeping with Young Miami. Uh, Carisha Please is on Revolt as well as Drink Champs is on Revolt. So why not give your lady a little piece of jewelry as far as the the, the award is concerned to add to her mantle as well as your best earning podcast on your network? and drink champs and have the both of them win and now everybody wins because they're happy you're happy because two podcasts on your network win that's my theory would you disagree that he fixed the fight how do you tie revolt into the bt awards well revolt is a result of diddy and diddy's power influence relationships etc i'm saying award shows people know that they're going to win before they show up nori said in his acceptance speech that he had not been to an award show since big pun died because the last one he went to he lost to shaka all of this stuff he felt like he should have won whatever but he he may not have realized it but in his acceptance speech he said yeah so um i you know the next award show that i came to was this one and i knew you know um you know, basically, he he basically alluded to the fact that he knew he was going to win. And that's the only reason why he showed up. So if you know you're going to win beforehand, then how are we having a tie? Number one, because I don't even understand how that works. I don't even see ties in awards. Like, it's either this person or it's that person. It's not a tie. So it's a very weird coincidence to me that Diddy is who Diddy is. He owns the network that the two shows that one on are under, not to mention the second show in Carisha Please is a show that got less than 10 episodes. It just came out uh, six months or less ago. You know what I'm saying? And it's the girl that he's sleeping with. I think the fight got to be fixed. So it may not necessarily be that Revolt is in business with BET, but Diddy's influence and power and reach and his relationships that's certainly, you gotta, you know, take that into consideration when you're thinking about some of these power plays behind the scenes. So that's why I get that from.
2: I think sometimes mm-hmm. networks may try to get in good favor. Mm-hmm. So they end up, it, it don't necessarily gotta be you doing it yourself, but um somebody trying to get in good favor with you so they'll try to do something for you.
1: I don't know, man, I think it's weird. I think it's weird. Um. I hear what you're saying about relationships and trying to get in good favor because that's a that's a longevity power play. Um, and you could be right that maybe Diddy didn't make a phone call and say, hey, somebody pressed the button on these two things. Maybe. I think, though, that he did. <laughs> I don't care really what he says because I don't expect him to come out and say, yeah, I fixed the fight. Why the hell would he do that? Um, but I, I do believe that that's what happened. Uh, and just keeping it on the topic of Diddy, um, and then bringing it back a little bit to yay. Cause we started with him. They're now going at it online. Um, but before it got there, it started with Diddy saying, Hey, look, I don't owe anybody anything, or I never took anything from anybody ever. Like he's talking in business. He said, all they think I did was provide opportunity and give them more money than they showed up with. Now, the point in that is, it's very important to listen to the words that people say because he said, I never took anything from anyone. Okay, well, maybe from a literal perspective, maybe he himself never stole money from artists or whatever the case may be. It doesn't necessarily mean that he didn't uh, draft up contracts that have certain language in it that would be unfavorable for the artist. And in them signing it, it then puts me in more of a position of uh, more of an advantage. Let's be clear.
2: I disagree with what you're saying. If I draft up a contract and you sign that contract, that you agree to the terms in this contract. Right. So there's nothing wrong that I did on my part because it's on you to say, no, right. this is not a good contract. I don't want this contract. If you sign the contract, that you saying I'm OK with the terms and agreement of this.
1: Right. I do think that Diddy, um, when he says. For the the topic of Mace, right? He was on the Breakfast Club. He did an interview with the Breakfast Club, and they asked him about Mace because Mace been going around saying that you know he wanted D to make stuff right. um He 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 took money or he stole money, whatever. Diddy's like, "Yo, he's like, I did one album with this guy. How much money does he expect from me? Like, how much do y'all think that I'm supposed to owe him? I did one uh, album."
2: And and with him saying that, I'm gonna cut you, but and and the, first of all. I thought it was two albums, Harlem World and Double Up. So when he said he did one album, they lost me with the second album. But even in that, I could be wrong, but I thought most contracts is a five album deal. Right. And it's I'm going to give you X amount up front. And this is over this period of time, let's say five albums. And in that process is where I get paid for what I've given you, right? It's not you make one album and everything I got paid back. It's spread out over a five-year period. And this is just my understanding. I'm open to being wrong about this. I just, my understanding is get money up front, uh, five-album deal, And what you bring back off these albums determine how we settle up on the back end. Where you see artists like Drake, um, who 50 Cent, um, probably Nicki Minaj, who overperform their contracts. They don't, you don't really see them talking about the label owes me X, Y, Z. And I don't mean- Except Lil Wayne. (laughs) I, I didn't mention Lil Wayne. You didn't? Oh, okay. I didn't mention Lil Wayne. Um, And I I, I always go back to what Lil Wayne said. When everybody was leaving cash money, Lil Wayne came out and said, I don't care how much uh, Burban is giving me. He's giving me more than I would be making without him. So I'm okay with it if he is robbing me. The reason why I bring that up is because at, However old he was at the time, 21, 22, whatever that age is, you're open to feeling that way. Now, as you get older, you get more information, your life priorities change, things of that nature. You start looking at that contract that you signed at 21 differently than you would at whatever age, 25, 36, 40, whatever. And, and that, space, you want it to just poof and be over with. And that's not how contracts work. So we need to really start, you know, emphasizing. When you go to sign a contract, think about what that contract would look like 10 years from now, not in a moment, because there's some people who would give their life literally to be hot for however long. Right? So I I just look at both sides of I'm not on either side of the argument, but I do understand what that looks like from both sides of the fence.
1: Yeah, it's uh it's interesting. It's interesting. You have to be able to look at it from both sides, but then again, you also have to take into consideration how old these individuals were when they initially signed. So again, Mace was young very young maybe a teenager maybe just 20 no more than 22. you don't know nothing that no 22. you know what i'm saying so it's like him signing whatever it is that he signed i don't know the ins and outs of the business i don't know what it means and how favorable or unfavorable the deal was all i do know is at this point in time he is going around saying that did he robbed him he took this from him. And did he saying he's back outside, he's clearing his name, and he's ready for anybody to get whatever money that they believe that they're owed, if they could produce some sort of evidence saying that, yes, you owe me this.
2: Here's the thing then, right? And I'm asking your perspective. If he said that about Mace, should Mace now show the receipts and, you know, make him honor his word? Or... You know, th- does that whole wait if Mace doesn't go that route and show the receipts, is he, th- do you feel like he's bluffing or, you know, he's I think it's
1: I think it's Mace's job to prove what it is that he's saying. Never mind showing receipts on Instagram, right? Because maybe that works in the court of public opinion, but Diddy's about business and, you know, you got to handle these things in the court of law. So if you can provide proof, absolutely. I want it, I just want it to be made right. I want it to be made right. Now, whether that means they have a conversation behind closed doors and Mace provides the information or whatever that he has to him saying, Look, hey, look, this is the proof. You owe me da da. da, da, da. And if Diddy is like, oh damn, okay, you know what? Boom. Cause Diddy said, Yo, if anybody can do that, you got your money in within 24 hours. Like, no, no questions asked. So I think it's necessary to have a conversation Let's start there because if you're doing all of this internet back and forth, he said, she said sort of thing, and you're trying to paint someone out to be a certain way, that's just bad energy from the rip. And you're not going to attack someone and then get mad when they're defending themselves. You know what I'm saying? So I think that it's worth the conversation and however that conversation goes will determine you know, where it goes from there. But I absolutely think that it is his job and his obligation, his duty (laughs) to prove that he could do all of these things or that he owes him all of these things and his money. Um, You feel different? I think he feels like his only
2: way is to fight him in the court of public opinion. And um, I don't think that makes sense.
1: Nah. Well, also in the court of public opinion, or just, let's say, the court of public interest. <laughs> um, Kanye's leaking everybody's text messages, and he's been doing it. He ain't just started doing it last week. I would just stop texting the man, okay? Don't text him. Call him. Because anytime you text Kanye West, he's going to, you then open yourself up for that text thread to be exposed via his Instagram account. He's been doing it since he's been going back and forth with Pete Davidson over his wife, Kim Kardashian
2: now. But he said he was a gangster rapper and he back out. <laughs> <laughs> he, he said he used the backpack niggas Kaye is not no tough nigga ever. He was never a gangster anything.
1: Nah, and that's okay. Like not being gangster doesn't mean that you soft. it just mean you're not gangster. Like, you know what I'm saying?
2: not being gangster and saying you gangster is stupid
1: yeah just accept who you are yeah yeah um so he's leaking everything he leaked the text thread and text message exchange between him and Diddy Diddy was on the breakfast club as I mentioned saying how much he supported yay and how much he wanted to empower yay by creating these t-shirts that let's lend it to the idea of, hey, let's back yay, let's support yay. Did he said he was the first person, I forget whatever the award was, but he said he was the first person to win this, excuse me, the first black person to win this prestigious award in fashion when he was doing Sean John. First black person ever to cross over and actually win this particular award. And it's like one of the highest awards you can, maybe like the Grammys of fashion, something like that, right? He said... Of course, music is, you know, his his passion. And, you know, he's kind of been doing branding with Sirac and all of these other different things, De Leon, um, where he stepped away from the music and he stepped away from the fashion. He said in the interim, when he was away from doing fashion, Kanye stepped up and essentially took his place and has been holding it down uh, forever. however long he's been holding it down. And he said so um he salutes yay because he understands firsthand how difficult it is to navigate in those uh those fashion in that fashion world he says so he wanted to make these t-shirts that kind of you know lend it lend it to the idea of hey let's support yay let's back yay whatever he said but as soon as he was ready to drop the t-shirts yay dropped his own t-shirts and you know, like I said, him and Candace Owens was in Paris Fashion Week with White Lives Matter shirts on. So then spoke out and said he didn't he didn't agree with the shirts because he felt it's important and feels it's important for black people to stick together and stand together in this time and not kind of um, support any other ideology out, uh, or, or anything that can come in the midst of keeping us strong because, you know, strength is in numbers and we're stronger together. That was essentially his sentiment yay then exposed the text thread between him and diddy um and yay's crazy i mean he's telling them oh you know diddy was like hey i'm uh i'm a, send me an address i'm gonna pull up and diddy i mean yay is like ah you you were fed um you know i would never trust you go ahead why don't you why don't you uh send your goons to do something illegal to me right now go ahead like you know he's just talking to cover his tracks and create a paper trail to where if something does happen, then he says, see, I told you he was a big, bad bully. You know what I'm saying? But it's just like, why are you doing this? Well, I think we answered it earlier. It's the attention. It's the marketing. When I saw the white lives matter t-shirt, I didn't really trip like everybody else. Cause I'm like, you know what? I've seen this too many times to know he's marketing, he's marketing and he's, and it's working and it's going to continue to work because we have this fake outrage. What I want to know with you is, how do you think that's going to work out for either party, Kanye versus Diddy? What do you think happens here, if anything?
2: I think it's rich nigga problems. I would like to see them have a good fisticuffs, though. I think it would be good to see two people on that level get in a boxing ring. And eyeing out their issues. Um that would be dope. Like that. Yeah, who
1: you got? Yay, yay or puff? In a boxing ring. Fighting.
2: Kanye don't have it, don't look like Kanye got a tough bone in his body. (laughs) I don't know the man, respectfully, but I don't think he got a tough bone in his body.
1: I don't know, man. He might be, you know what I'm saying?
2: Who you think? I
1: don't know. That, thing. <laughs> I don't
2: know, yo. Hey, yo, you know what's crazy? In all of this time, um, I was thinking about this. Pump been in the game since, what, early 90s? Yeah, 91-ish, 90, 91. It's been alleged he, you know, the rule, well, not, I don't want to say ruin, but the stories that go out there is he robbed a couple people, uh, not literally, but I'm saying businessly. And we never heard about nobody putting their hands on him.
1: Uh, him and J. Cole got into it. I don't know if J. Cole swung first. You don't hear I-
2: no stories about nobody. Yeah. Where
1: he took an L. That is correct. I I haven't heard one of those stories where he's taking an L.
2: That is Even correct. Even through the East Coast, West Coast beef, you did not really hear about nobody physically putting hands on him. Now, that may be shout out to his security team. Like, he got a hell of a security team. But uh, he does have a hell of a security team. Um, But with that being said, uh, they do a damn good job. I don't know how much of it is him and how much of it is them.
1: But I can't recall anybody saying, you know. Yeah, that's what you want. I mean, if it is your security team, that's what you want. You want a team that's going to be efficient. I pay you, and I'm sure they're being paid handsomely. So, yeah, I want you to do your job. I want you to do your job at the highest level. So, I don't know. It's a lot of internet issues, rich people issues, like you mentioned. I'm here for the entertainment. You know what I'm saying? It sucks that, you know, we get to entertain ourselves with other people's BS. But when you put it out there, I mean, what you want me to do? You know what I'm saying? What do you want me to do? So, I guess that's all I really got to say about that. No real deep dive, but it just... It's 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 funny. It's funny to me. It's funny business. It's funny acting. Just just weirdo stuff going on. So I'll continue to watch though. <laughs> I continue to be paying attention. Um, sports shows. Uh, I haven't seen any TV. I haven't watched any shows. I need to watch a whole season of the new Game of Thrones, House of Dragons. I need to finish catching up on Raising Kane, and I'm about two episodes behind. Um a couple other things I heard Godfather Harlem actually my mom was telling me that Godfather Harlem I think she said it comes back this month um no she I think she, You're she wrong. said
2: I January
1: okay I don't know she she said soon so maybe she saw a trailer and she was just telling me she saw a trailer but I I know that she at least mentioned Godfather Harlem and that's on it I
2: say, I want to say January but okay I'm not sure
1: yeah. I'm definitely excited for that. Uh that's a great show.
2: Uh and shout out to the soundtrack to Godfather of Harlem.
1: Yeah, fire. It's been it's been dope.
2: Yeah, like, the songs that come out with it. It's something it's going to be something on this
1: new one. Yeah.
2: Fire. Yeah. Yeah, I watch out for that.
1: Shout out to Swiss though because you know I know that him and Tim kind of took a little bit of a hit with versus as it pertained to the business side of things uh because they're going through issues with Triller and there's issues with you know payment and so-and-so saying it and get paid or this artist or whatever I really don't know but I do know that Swiss has been active he's been very busy and just watching the maturity of a Swiss beats a Timberland, these elder statesmen in the game who um who we grew up on, a lot of their beats and their music, it's really dope for me as a fan and as a participant in the culture, um, as a resident of the culture. I think that it's definitely dope for me to watch some of our elder statesmen make certain pivots and moves and see how they age in this game. Because come August, 50, uh, 50, um, hip-hop will be 50 years old. Now, that means it ain't that old. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It ain't that old. So to watch people age, it's not just your Jay-Zs and your Diddy's, but you, we can't forget about your Swiss Beats and your Timberlands and those other artists and 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 people who really help shape the culture and shape our lives, shape the, shape the soundtrack to our lives. I, I really enjoy watching some of, the, some of the older guys, you know, kind of mature in this game and make pivots. So he's doing the soundtrack, and he's been doing the soundtrack of *Godfather of Harlem*. Harlem. Um, he obviously has the theme music song. Uh, it's really, really dope. So shout out to him. Um, football wise, sports wise, uh, we mentioned a few weeks ago that the NFC East is the best division in football. That's not to be debated right now. Uh, you got the Eagles. That's five and zero. You got two teams in the Giants and the Cowboys. That's four and one. And then you got Washington, but every division got one team that's trash. But the three teams in our division have the two best records in the league. So you got to respect that. It's interesting to, uh, it will be interesting to see how these things play out in terms of the division. Uh, for those who care, Dallas, you know, I got faith in my squad, but I know Philly fans going. Going and just counter right back and say, yeah, but we ain't lost yet. So it's going to be interesting. We played them this week. Um, and I ain't going to put no money on this one. I'm going to just watch it. I'm going to just watch it because I'm honestly, I don't know. And if I bet, I would just be betting with my heart. So I just want to kind of watch it, kind of pay attention and see how it goes. Um, but sports in general, like I mentioned, you got the World Series this month. You got be- basketball returning. uh I actually just saw that Bronny, LeBron James' son, he just got a sponsor deal with Nike and that's as a result of the NIL. The NIL is, I'm gonna mess up what what it actually stands for, but essentially, oh, name, image, and likeness. It allows college athletes or amateur athletes to make money off of their name, image, and likeness. I encourage everybody out there to check out Earn Your Leisure's podcast when they have an episode where they interview Deion Sanders, aka Prom. When they interview Prom, he speaks in depth about some of his reservations on the NIL. He said he's all four players getting paid. Obviously, he was an athlete, the greatest to do it at his position, so on and so forth. He said, but it gets tricky because how do you keep the team together, especially if it's not really based off name, image, and likeness. For example, he said, if you have a stipend where everybody gets five grand a month or whatever the case may be, he said, okay, now everybody's getting money. He said, do I have the the power to take that money away? Because what happens is the hunger isn't there any longer. You got a guy that's coming in that's making more than you. He might resent that guy, so now he might try to hurt him in practice. You know what I'm saying? He might not hold hold them down in practice the same way uh, that he maybe would have had we all been on the same playing field. You got a guy who making a half a million dollars. How do they deal with that in the NFL? Well, it's not the NFL. These are amateurs, which is what he was saying. Well, hold on, no. But I want to focus on this because the thing about it is because it's such a new thing. You have to think about all of these different variables and how you are going to prepare to prepare for them, right? Like, same. like
2: you prepare the same way they do in the NFL. Nah. The NFL has the same exact issue.
1: Nah, I think it's different because everybody's everybody is not going to go to the next level. First of all, so again, if you're not even going to go to the next level. Well, does that mean you don't deserve any money? How do you, what are you basing this off of?
2: I don't understand what you're saying. You're saying, how do you deal with people making different amounts of money? Right.
1: How do you deal with the the, divvying up the money in general? Because everybody's not
2: anything. up. everybody
1: gets their own sponsorships. No, but this is what he's saying. This is not what's happening. And this is not the case. He said the way that it's set up right now is not what it's supposed to be in theory. The way that it's set up right now is basically all of the boosters of these alumni schools, they all got a pot, right? They throw in money in the pot and they say, we got $3 million to disperse, right? All right, we're gonna give y'all half a million. We're gonna give y'all this much. We're gonna give y'all this much. And now y'all bust that down however y'all see fit. But that's not really speaking to a person making money off of their name image and likeness that's just you having a pot and spreading it out and distributing it it's supposed to be you are earning these sponsorships based on your name your image your likeness that's not what's going on so he's saying the whole concept from the rip is all out of whack
2: no and i don't get what you're saying the boosters and the players going to get their own bag is two different things, right? But like, the
1: players are not getting their own bag is what, what he's trying to what he's trying oh, to speak yes,
2: of. And even if they're not, let's just say they're not. Going with what you're saying, the yes. boosters, right? Why? How like yes. the NFL again has the same problem. You no. have people
1: making different amounts of money. But it's different. Yo, you watch the episode. Because I, I'm obviously not explaining it the way that he did, and I don't want to uh, misstate it any more than I may have already done. But the way that he explains it, it makes very perfect sense. He breaks it down. It's not. It's not you know hard to understand. He really does break it down. Sounds he helped like me see it a different he's way.
2: Speaking to a not fair system.
1: What a, a flawed system from the RIP that's supposed to be better and beneficial for the for the kids, but it's actually going it's, to... But it's not supposed
2: up. to be better and beneficial for the kids. It's supposed to be better and beneficial for the star athletes. Like it, It's not for everybody to be okay where, where you talking about uh these athletes making money. The athletes been getting money, right? The people who are going to the next level been getting paid under the table. Now they're just doing it above the table and So much so that they're allowing you to go get your own bag. But if you take the money out of it, the unfair treatment is still unfair treatment, and it's still the same thing that they've been dealing with the whole time, right? Like if you, let's say Kyrie in college, you're not going to class. But the other players on your team, they got to go to class. If you, you're not playing in the games.
1: Like the unfair treatment, I I don't think. Um... Well, well they I mean, with that particular example, they've kind of nipped that in the butt a little bit in terms of, like, say for instance, 80s and 90s, way easier to essentially do nothing and just get by just because you were the athlete. With they started adding in clearinghouse and GPA requirements and all those different things, they've made they've made it a lot harder to be able to do nothing and just play they have you're It's talking not about football or basketball because talking about college sports that's not true it is true the star athlete is still a star athlete but that, but but, class, but what i'm saying so you to you is teachers teachers ain't teachers ain't just giving you the pass just because you're the star I quarterback i don't need to pass the class I'm only here for basketball season, and then I'm going to the league next year. But you G- you have to have a certain GPA, is what I'm saying. But and a lot of times don't come out until, like it, it, it is. That's not the way that it works, girl. I'm trying to tell you. I'm trying to tell you. Just trust me, tripping, beloved. No, I know what I'm saying.
2: <laughs> You're telling me the college star athlete is there doing what everybody
1: else is doing education wise. What I'm saying is it's not as loose as it was in the earlier days. They've, they've gotten a lot stricter. And so therefore it's harder to, to move the same way that that older athletes used to move when they were to the start athlete. That's what I'm saying. And I'm telling you, I strongly disagree. It's not a matter of disagreeing. Cause I know that it's different and it's harder. That's what I'm telling you.
2: Changing it from my disagree to your role.
1: You are wrong. That's what I'm trying to tell you. <laughs> it's crazy. Um, but anyway um like i said um be on the lookout for the interview with marcus banks great interview um me and gert did that out in st louis um and i really can't wait for y'all to hear it i really can't wait for y'all to watch it so uh what i will say is of course as always when we give you the content that's our job that's our job We're going to do our job, but make sure that y'all doing your job and make sure everybody out there is telling a friend to tell a friend. And until next time, hey, Team Rico. Uh. If I could
3: turn back the hands of time, I'd probably spark a few blunts and reason with Bob Marley. Getting wild stone with Pete, we sipping parley. Curse my girl out tomorrow, I'm sorry, we do it Chris Farley, red cams on dollies. Capture this, moment of life, on cranny, stress type drown me, shout the growers that supply me. Amsterdam, gray area, you can find me. On that ghost, OG, I'm looking Gandhi. Take a bong rip, take a sip, put the sunny, up. warm cookies from insomnia. Niggas blatantly steal my swag, try to round me up. My time is now, your time is up. Sad with Spike Lee, I had an hour lunch. Once the movie shit go, that's the power punch. Knocking niggas out like the sour, bruh. If I could turn back the hands of time, I'd probably. Spark a few blunts and reason with Bob Marley. Getting wild stone with Pete, we said we call Curse my girl out tomorrow. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Tomorrow, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, i to turn back the hands of time. I'll probably spark a few. Rico Music. musica,
0: musical.